Hello and welcome to the 10th episode of the Bold Podcast with me, Ben. And me, also Ben. Can you believe it's been 10 episodes, Ben? Nope, I'm surprised I've put up with you for that long. And uh, to be honest, I'm just happy we've got here so I can now stop. Um, I think we just have to start today on a very sad note. I'm sure everyone's heard the news that um, Prince Philip has sadly passed away. And I'll just like... Uh, I think the Bob podcast just want to send our condolences to, you know, the royal family. I don't think the Queen will listen to this, but you know, it's out there if she wants to listen to it. Yeah, I think I think it's important, no matter who it is, just to just to kind of send send those those thoughts out there at the start before we get into whatever we're going to talk about today. And speaking of whatever we're going to talk about today, we actually don't really know. We're going to start with some kind of Masters-style talk. Yes, it, it is the the return of the Masters this week. Um, the first major of the year. And I think uh, you're best to talk about it, Ben. Don't know about that, bro, but I mean, it's probably best of a bad bunch. Um, I, I don't really know where to start, because it's been, it's been an interesting start to to the Masters. Obviously... There's sadly no Tiger Woods this year, um, which, you know, every time Tiger misses a tournament now, you're kind of thinking it's probably going to be his last, you know, it might be one of his last majors, it might be the last chance he'll get to play the Masters, because, you know, he's got injuries upon injuries upon injuries, and then with the car crash, it's just kind of uh, not looking not looking too good, so it's sad to see that. Uh, but someone who has returned from an injury I want to talk about a little bit is uh, Brooks Kepka. Because he had knee surgery, and I can't believe I can't believe it's actually this short a time. But he had knee surgery three or five weeks ago. Is that oh, right? Wow. So he's had, and he's now playing in the Masters, which is just it's it's crazy. I want to talk a little bit about Brooks because obviously he he went back to back with the U.S. Open. Uh, yeah, he's a been years ago. he's been one of the most sort of successful golfers over the last sort of like couple of years, hasn't he? Yeah, and it's just it's a real shame for him that obviously when Tiger won the Masters, he was kind of up there for the whole time in terms of uh, having the potential to win. Um, and obviously, due, due to all his injuries, he's just been just been really, really unfortunate. Of, I like to ask the question of you know, could he have we potentially missed the boat a bit for him? Do you think? Um, I think so. Well, obviously, as we uh, film this podcast, the uh, the the first day of the Masters has already uh, concluded, and I, be- I believe he was about three over for the first round, three or two over. Well, not yeah, the he's, not he's the, two, not over, the best he's two over off after you know the first round. Which, if you actually look at the rest of the you know kind of the rest of the field, it's not that bad. You got some birdies, but I think it's just it's the walking that's going to kill him. You know, he's he's having to walk down really steep hills with the you know with with how. Augusta National is laid out, it's really steep. He's gonna have a lot of tricky lies where he's gonna to have to bend his knees and he just says that knee just doesn't bend. So yeah, he's um, he's he's gonna struggle. I saw him after his first round, um his first round, he was talking about how he was trying to he was trying to like downplay I think the effect that his knee's having on him. I think obviously um I think, you know, if the masters was like a couple of months late down the line, I think he'd be all fit and raring to go for it. But I think the Masters it just comes too soon for him to, I think, to have any potential of winning it. Yeah, and, and there's there's been a lot of conversation in the uh, in the commentary, uh, specifically about the fact that obviously DJ won it last year, 
and Brooks and DJ kind of have this, you know, but it's basically just a, you know, a, a penis measuring competition for want of a better word, where it's just, you know, it's always one up one shit. It's who can win the most, you know, consistently. And um, I think if if Dustin Johnson hadn't have won the Masters last year, I don't even think Brooks would be playing right now. If I'm completely honest, do you think? Yeah, well, I think because Brooks Kepka has these. He he likes to compare himself to the top guys, and obviously he's 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 obviously up there. He's won, you know, U.S. Opens. He's always up there when he's on form in the majors. And I think there's that famous saying where he just says he 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 practices for the majors. He doesn't bother practicing for the rest of it. So. I definitely think the fact that it's because if you know like when when Tiger Woods won it, there was no one. There's no one who'd really directly want to challenge Tiger, whereas with Dustin and and uh, Brooks, it it feels a bit more a bit more personal. I think you look at like if Rory had won it, he'd probably have done the same. And maybe that's it. I think I don't. I genuinely don't think he should be playing because he's you know he's five weeks after surgery. He probably you're talking at least. A couple of months, really, you know, three months before you want to be playing with those kind of injuries, and even longer, because the thing is, it feels very much like it's short-term gain, and kind of forgetting about the long term. Yeah, they might they might have a long-lasting effect on him if he's trying to push himself through the pain barrier just to play the Masters. And ultimately, you know, people talk about where well, the doctors wouldn't have let him play if he wasn't fit. But you know, how are you gonna how are you gonna tell an, an athlete, you know? Because the doctor basically would have said, "Now listen, you, I, you can play, but it's not going to be great. But this, like, it'll be the first day that the doctor would have said you can play." It's like it's sort of like you know when the World Cup comes around and you're not fit in time or for the Euros, but you you're desperate to play because it you know it only comes like you know every four years, whereas you know the Masters only comes once every year. Yeah. So I think it's just it's that big on an occasion that he, he wants to play. And I think it's understandable in a way that he wants to play the Masters, but it's also not understandable in, you know, damaging himself and, you know, not really looking after his health just to try and win the Masters or better, be better than Justin Johnson, like you say, or just, you know, I think he's trying to look sort of over the impact of winning the Masters could have for him rather than his health. Mm. And I think... Ultimately, it's it's he will assuming you know this Masters doesn't really inhibit his his recovery and he does come back injury free, he will win the Masters one day because his game's pretty much perfect for it. You know he's really strung out of the thick rough and there isn't any thick rough, so if he can just get his game together and keep injury free, he's not going to have a problem. So I don't understand the thought process and certainly his coach. I think there was an interview because. I think I'm probably going to get this wrong, but it's basically his coach has a son and his son does a load of the commentary for Sky Sports. I think it's Butch Harmon and Claude Harmon. One of the, I can't remember oh, yeah. which way around, but it's one of those way around. And, I think mean, Butch um, is the one on TV. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's not like we're doing a podcast on it or anything, so it's fine. Um, but yeah, I think he was saying that if... If it was, if it was, you know, his dad's decision, or if it was Claude's decision, I don't think Dustin would have played. But ultimately, I don't think you can stop a professional athlete playing if they are, you know, capable to do it. But then, you've got to ask yourself what what defines being capable to play in something like the Masters? Because ultimately, he could probably play nine, you know, eighteen holes of golf round Augusta any other week. But he's gonna have, you know, 
players want to push themselves harder, certainly on the first two days, to do you know, the things to get them in, in the right positions. And I just don't know if he's going to be able to almost hold himself back. Because there are going to be occasions, I'm sure, especially if he makes it into the weekend, where he's going to he's almost going to have to hold himself back and potentially not give himself a shot at winning just to like keep his injury if you know what I mean so you know he could be on like the edge of a bunker where he has to bend that knee and he he won't be able to so he'll probably have to like chip out and make bogey instead of potentially making par and stuff like that you know little things like that could start to happen and it's it's what it's how he and his caddy can kind of control their way around the course and stuff like that so it's at the end of the day it's probably it's probably not going to hinder him that much I think I think there's one player that we always have to talk about when it comes to a major, and I think he's always one of the biggest topics in golf in general is Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah, I mean, if there's ever a man that you need to worry about injuries, it's probably him. I mean, <laughs> he's oh, he's he's a funny one. He's so clever, and yet he plays like such an idiot. Um, is the best way to describe it. Do you, do you rate his? His style of play now, Ben, or are you are you against it? Well, I, I was reading this article actually about sort of they were saying that the game of golf, in a way, is sort of like losing out, if you know what I mean by it, because of all these sort of big hitters coming into play. Like you know, the, our golf course is too short now. You know, there's the big hitters like Bryson DeChambeau that can hit three fifty, you know, four hundred yards. Is is the game of golf being ruined by these big hitters? But I think. In a way, you have to, you know, give him credit for, you know, it, it is it is a way to play golf. You know, I would it, personally, me, I'd rather be more accurate in the way I hit a golf ball than further and be, you know, be in the rough. Um, but obviously, for Bryce into Chamber, it works. You know, and it, yeah, I think this is the thing as well. Is people a lot of people are talking about how the big hitters are starting to win, but there is a difference between, you know, like. Rory, DJ, Brooks, all these guys can drive further than most, but they can drive further than most by maybe, I don't know, 10, 20 yards at the most. I think the difference with what Bryson's done is he's actually gone, okay, rather than worrying about the golf, I'm going to get myself as big as possible and just smash everything to bits. And I think, I don't, but there's only one person who can hit it as far as Bryson, you know, it's him. You know, you look at like, the classic example is, I don't know if you know the guy, Carl Berkshire, the guy's the world long drive champion. Of, oh, yeah. Yeah, so he, he plays golf. You see it on his Instagram all the time, and he's crap. Because he's, well, he's not crap, obviously. He's, he's very, very good, but he's not anywhere near a tour level because he can't do anything inside of 100 yards. And ultimately, I think you could quite easily make golf courses tighter and shorter, and that would have probably more of an effect than making golf courses wider and longer, or just making them longer. I don't think you need to worry. Like, you think about the holes at Augusta. You know, if you narrowed those fairways by 30 yards, either so 15 yards either side, or even 5 yards either side, it, it you'd get a lot of players landing in the rough. You'd, then that takes a spin off the ball. You just make, you have to make the greens a bit harder and a bit, you know, a bit firmer so the balls roll more. And all of a sudden... You, you got players rolling off the back, and all of a sudden they have to they're having to do things inside of uh, inside of a hundred yards. So I don't I don't yeah. There's, there's a lot of um, 
There's a lot of uh, fairways actually that are very tight at Augusta. Yeah, but it, it is it is a very wide. Like, I think generally golf courses are have quite f- wide fairways when it's the PGA Tour, just because there's basically I think the logic is the bigger they make the greens, from what I can tell, the bigger they make the greens, the more places they can put the flags, and the more places they can put the flags, the more places the players have to be able to hit the ball to in order to shape it. Because you think about like. I don't know, a couple of the dog leg lefts on, on at Augusta. If that pin, say for example, they put a pin right on the left-hand side of a green on a dog leg left, then the player's going to want to hit it so, for, so much further right. Whereas if they put it on the right, they're going to want to hit it further left. So ultimately, I think all they've got to do is get a bit more pl- clever with how you know they design golf courses. Maybe it's just you chuck a bit more water in you know, where these guys are going to hit it to, th- you know, you put if you put water 350 yards into every single hole, then no one's going to hit driver anyway. So it, it won't matter. You know what I mean? So that there are ways around it. It's just people instantly go to try and make it easier for everyone, to, you know, so to try and make it a level playing field without really, without really trying. And obviously what people have also got to remember, I'm going to rant about this for a while. What people have also got to remember is that the average person because people talk a lot about the equipment, the average person can't hit the ball very far at all. And so manufacturers have got to think of a way to be able to make us enjoy golf. And one of the ways they do it is by making the clubs that can hit a lot further and you can hit them a lot harder. And, you know, and you know, they're more forgiving and stuff like that. So it's not really fair to take that away and talk about getting rid of the equipment and changing the equipment, putting limits on the equipment for professionals when as amateurs we kind of need those things just to make it so that we can enjoy it basically um because i mean i talk about equipment but we we play a lot of golf and we don't have particularly fancy golf clubs do we and we we still enjoy it but it's that if they then did say that we had to have a limit on what you could buy i'd just probably not ever buy any more golf clubs if they're not going to get me to hit further than I don't know, 250 yards. Also, I just stick with the ones I've got. Well, I mean, that's the aim of golf, isn't it? To, like, you know, try and hit as far as you can, I guess, you know? Yeah, I think... In a way. It's interesting, because I think ultimately the, the, the best thing to do... I think the best thing to do is to change the courses, not the clubs, but the problem is it's so expensive to to change a golf course. that I just... I think, it, it, for, you know, the, the cheapness of it, it would just be cheaper to to make clubs a bit less, uh, you know, I don't know, a bit less fast moving, maybe make them a little well, bit less. I think sometimes people just try to discredit Bryson DeChambeau in the way that he plays just because, because he has found a way that helps him win. You know, surely that's all golfers aim is to try and find a way that will help them win majors. And Bryson DeChambeau's way is by hitting it as hard as he can. Mm. Well, let's not forget when they played uh, the U S open, was it in whistling straights? Was it? Yes. Yeah. You know, they played that golf course and that was playing hard for everyone. Now, Bryson DeChambeau in that tournament, put it was also his putting was outstanding. It just so happens that he has to hit, his, hit most of his shots from 90 yards out. And I just think a lot of the time people go, oh, well, he's hitting the ball too far. It's not fair. But yeah, but... <laughs> He's not hitting the ball too far and it's going directly into the hole. 
He's not using driver for every single shot. It just so happens that that's what he's that he's really good at. And ultimately, I think it will get to a point where people will be really, you know, they won't be encouraged to if they, you know, they won't be encouraged to try to drive the ball further in professional golf. And ultimately, I think you'll see a lot more people just going, "Sorry, I'll just go over to long drive," and you know, we'll we'll will kind of do something there where people just aim to smash it as far as they can and then the sport of golf will die. I think it has yeah. to become more exciting. I think Bryson's done an excellent job of doing it. Um, um, yeah. Speaking of Bryson DeChambeau, he's not had the uh, best of starts uh, on day one. I mean, what, he was, he's four over, same as uh, same as Rory, who I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute. Um, well, in a way, there's a, there's a lot of sort of the top golfers that are all struggling. Yeah, well, I mean, even DJ and like we say Kepka, they're all you know two over. Um, it's 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 always a difficult one at, at Augusta, obviously. The, the thing that I like with golf the most is that there's like there's recognised sort of players that are the best in the world. Like you know, you look at DJ, Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're always going to win. And I think that's what I like about golf the most. Mm. Yeah, and I think that that kind of stems back stems all the way back to like the handicap system, if you know what I mean. Because you know, you look at the reason they brought in the handicap system was so that you could play against players who are a lot better than you, but have an even playing field. And I think ultimately, when you stand on the first tee, it doesn't matter whether you're a professional golfer or whether you're playing off eighteen. It's it gives everyone a fair chance and a fair crack of the whip. And I think that's that's probably the best bit about golf, like you say. But I mean, you look at Bryson's round yesterday. You got one birdie. Um, and wow, uh, one birdie and three bogeys and one double bogey, which was uh, of course his five on the fourth hole, the par three. Uh, just looking, he's just teed off now, and uh, he's just made a bogey on the sixth hole. So I mean, he's he's very very capable. And the thing with Bryson is, it's it's almost a bit like weird analogy, but it's a bit like Deontay Wilder in the sense that it's just one shot and. It's done, you know. What I mean, so he could quite happily, if he wants to, go on one of the par fives, just pick out his driver, hit it as hard as he can, and you know, be on the green in two shots, and his second shot will be like eighty yards away. He's got every chance yeah, of doing. There that, is so. that. There is that nice. Uh, is it hole thirteen with the long par five? It goes around the corner, and you can then you can be on the green within two shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the one you mean. Yeah, I think I've just been watching him, watching him play that one. Just before yeah, it goes it goes around the trees and then there's a like it goes over the sort of pond river like a stream or whatever you call it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because because last year, can you remember what he did last year? Did you watch that? When he literally um, so his basically what most people were doing was hitting a three wood and like so basically it's a it's a big dog leg round to the left of thirteen just before, uh, just before Amen Corner I think or it's part of Amen Corner, and um, <laughs> most people going three wood out to the right and then hitting you know normal shots back in. And Bryson just takes out his driver, and there's literally trees like ten yards in front of him, and he just effectively smashes these drivers, like his, his driver, over these trees like as high as a wedge, and you hear loads of trees go. You're thinking, oh no, that's that's gone, and all of a sudden the camera crew pan round, and there's just his ball, and it's like a hundred yards away from the green. <laughs> it was so funny, and it's just it's stuff like that, and like you know the other week when he was doing in that battle with Lee Westwood. And the uh, the hole at oh what tournament was it? Oh, you bugger! The big the hole that's all over water and it goes around the corner. 
I'm sure people know what I mean. I, I would look it I'll up, but I'm sure. Um, but yeah, it, it basically it's a six. It's like a 550, 600 yard par five, but it's basically the green is in a straight line from the tee, but it, it's just all water and the hole goes around to the right. And it's like a big crescent shape. And again, most people just go onto the fairway and then over. And Bryson drives it to within about 60 yards of the green. <laughs> it was ridiculous. But then the thing is, he still makes a five. So it does, again, prove if you're not accurate and you're just big, then it's just not going to... Ultimately, it doesn't make you a, a brilliant golfer. There is one more person that I, I want to talk about who's had a bit of a resurgent in the last sort of year or so. And he, he won... Uh, the, the tournament just gone at the weekend, and he's he's got the backing of his whole nation. Is um, Jordan Spieth? Um, of course. Can you see him sort of getting back to form and to his best? Uh, well, I mean, obviously, you know, Jordan Spieth won won a lot very very young. You know, he's he's on for the career Grand Slam, and I think he's twenty five, which is ridiculous. I think he won like the Open, the U.S. Open. And the Masters, all very, very, very young. Um, and so he's obviously got the talent for it. But I just think... I think with the with the way he's been playing recently, he's been so out of form. As much as he's, you know, won recently, I think we it's almost better for him to kind of just keep playing these tournaments and getting top tens rather than just winning and then going to the Masters and being like, all right, I've got it, you know, I've... Going to aim to win. I think he should be aiming for a top ten finish and just keep aiming for top tens, top tens, top tens. You know, and by doing that, he'll get a couple of wins. But his main thing should just be, can he put a consistent round together? Because that's just been the whole thing. You know, people talk about Jordan Spieth of, he's such an amazing putter, but he hasn't, you know, been an amazing putter recently. You know, you look at all of it, the U.S. Open, every single tournament you've seen him play, he just hasn't quite been, quite been at the races. So I think he just needs to take his time a little bit. Uh, it's the same with a lot of players, you know. People, a lot of people are talking about Rory McIlroy as well. You know, he's just That's had a kid, say, so he's, way, he's kind of settling into that new dad life. So, yeah, it's, I was just about to say, in a, in a way, do you think it's sort of similar to the fact that like him and Rory are both sort of they won uh, three different uh, majors so young, and then there's always been talk of whether whether they can win that Grand Slam. That's just do you, do you think do you think it's like affected them? I think it's slightly different with Rory because he's won so much since. If you know what I mean, so like Jordan Spieth's won a lot, but he won it all very young, and then it's been like a year and a half or whatever since he won anything. Whereas Rory McIlroy, like, has been playing for a long time, and he was winning a lot whilst he was playing. If that makes sense, so like he would he he won say like the, the whatever the last thing he won was, I think it was the the US was it the PGA? It's one of them. So you know the most recent thing he would have won, he's actually won tournaments since then. Like he won the FedEx Cup not long ago. Um, all such as that, so he is still winning. Whereas Jordan Spieth isn't really winning anything. He's winning stuff, but he's not winning stuff of note, if that makes sense. So I think, I think it looks even worse on Rory, but I do think that Jordan Spieth does, especially with it being the PGA Championship. He could do with getting that one ticked off because I think that's kind of, I'd say that's probably an easier one to win than the Open, for example. Um, Obviously, none of these tournaments are easy, but if you you know if you're ticking them off, so I could yeah, quite could, easily yeah, see them both doing you know the, the 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 career grand slam. But there's a reason it's so hard to do it, you know. 
Is is Rory just not, he's not won the Masters, has he? Yeah, so he's he's I mean he's been in the top ten the last six out of the last seven years, I think, or something like that, or five out of six. Yeah, because I think the green jacket, I think out of all four of them, I think I'd say to win the green jacket is probably maybe the hardest. Yeah, well, they're all very because com- I play a lot of tennis. They're all very comparable to tennis. You know, you've got like as much as people talk about all four of them. You know, Wimbledon in tennis is the most important in the same way that the Masters is the most important in golf. You know, you talk about all the, you know, the in in uh, golf, you've got the U.S. Open and the Open Championship. You could argue maybe because the Open Championship's like the old oldest tournament in or one of the oldest tournaments in golf. But I just don't think. Would you, you know, like Bubba Watson, for example, he's only won the two Masters. I don't think he'd ever look back on his career going, "Damn it, I wish I win. I wish I won the U.S. Open and not one of these Masters." I'm pretty sure he'd rather win the Masters than than any of the others, and I think that's why Rory's is is so much more difficult because of the pressure he's going to put himself on each time. Yeah, I think when you look at a lot of them, as the ones that have always won, uh, won lots of majors, I think it's always like the Masters that is the more like looked one. I think like you know the Open is the most prestigious golf the tournament there is but I think if you ask a lot of them would they rather win the Open or the Masters I think they'd also the Masters I mean well you've got like Jack Nicholas has won six of them Tiger Woods has won five and then the rest is just anybody's game you know I think there's a reason why it's so difficult to win the Masters it's just because of how you know how prestigious it is and you know you get there you drive you drive down the you know the main driveway I forget what they call it I shouldn't forget what they call it, Magnolia Lane. You know, you drive down there. Um, I just think the pressure must be a lot, especially for younger players, um, which is why it surprised me so much. Am I correct in thinking that um, Danny Willett won it, didn't he? Yeah, there's loads of people like that who won it who you wouldn't expect. You know, Bubba Watson won it twice. You know, he's, Bubba Watson hasn't won much since, and he's won the Masters twice. You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy. It's, again, it's what I love about golf is you can be... You know, you can be the best player in the world, and then all of a sudden, this bloke from Scunthorpe, who's played golf all his life, comes up and beats you. So it's yeah. I think like currently, as we as we speak, Justin Rose is leading uh, the uh, first round. He was he was three shots ahead. Well, he's trying. He's actually trying his hardest not to be leading because he's shot three over so far today, and he's now tied four under with. Of Weisberger, whoever he is. I think I think that's a quite a recurring theme with Justin Rose. I always seem to whenever there's a major, I just always see him sort of lead in the first day. Mm. Well, obviously, you just always see him on the top ten or somewhere up there, and then he just falls away. Yeah, well, obviously, he had his chance to win the Masters when when Sergio Garcia won it a few years ago. Uh, he went into into a, a tiebreaker with uh, Sergio Garcia, and. You know, you see when you're watching plays, he's a man of kind of, um, not tradition, but like he does the same things every single time he hits a ball, calms himself down, takes his practice swings, does it all exactly the same every single time. And you saw that when he hit that first tee shot in that in that um, kind of pressure situation in that the tiebreaker, that um, he he just kind of bottled it and and just smashed the driver into the trees and allowed Sergio Garcia to win the Masters. Um, but I mean. I don't think he'll do it, to be honest. I don't like he's he's good. He's obviously good. He gets invited to play every single tournament there is. Um, but for me, just it's the same with Lee uh, Lee Westwood. 
Uh, same with a lot of players. He's just he's he's getting to a point now where he's getting old and his his game's improving, but it's not improving to a point where you'd say he could quite easily just go and tackle Augusta um, to the extent that he needs to this week. But obviously, then you could argue that yesterday he went seven under round uh, round Augusta, which is which no mean feat. So I mean. It's all about them pressure situations, isn't it? That's why Tiger Woods was so good because he just does not care. Yeah, but then there's no, there's no good in going seven under. Then if you go three over today, so yeah, that's the thing. You'll probably just up seven under and then finish the tournament even. You know what I mean? It's, it's silly, but I mean, I, I do that again. It's the reason why I love the Masters is because it, because of the pressure. There is literally anyone's game. I think it's brilliant. I mean, last year's in November was a lot different because obviously the weather. Uh, kind of halted it all. So you look at kind of Dustin Johnson. Basically, all he had to do was carry his driver further than everyone else, and he could win it because he could. You know, the, you look at the greens now, and you know the greens are really, really quick. When it was raining, they couldn't be that quick. So obviously, he was just literally smashing the ball three hundred yards down the fairway every single time. You know, stuffing five irons into the pin, like, and the ball wouldn't move because it was soaking wet. So it's. It's been a lot more interesting uh, this Masters than than the previous year, and I think obviously that'll continue. Um, but yeah, I mean, who's your? Have you got anyone that you? I know it's only the second day, kind of the start of the second day. Have you got anyone who you think's gonna 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 make a move? Um, I've always uh, liked John Rahm, and I've always thought he's a good golfer. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, is he one of major? I don't think he has. Has he? No. So he won. Oh my god! I can't believe we don't know this. He won a tournament quite recently. Um, he yeah, played that it? match play hole against Dustin Johnson and made that really long putt. Can't remember when it. There's a lot of sort of golfers like, like I think of that. When I think of John Rahm, like Tommy Fleetwood, uh, Tony Finau, Tony Finau, sorry, who are just very good at golf, but they've never got that far as to win a major. And I think potentially it could be John Rahm's time. But then, like you said. Um, he he had a baby at the weekend, so he's not had much practice uh, mm-hmm. for this Masters. Um, but I mean, sometimes it's just about how you play. You know, you can do all the practicing you want in the world. Obviously, sometimes it helps a lot, but um, sometimes I think like yeah, like you said with Brooks, you just it's just a matter it's a matter of how you play when you get to Augusta. Yeah, and you have to put yourself in that kind of mental place when you're practicing to find out where the flaws in your game kind of really are. You look, you know. The classic example, though, like you say, Tommy Fleetwood, Tony Finau, I'm sure they look awesome on the range and I'm sure they're really good in practice rounds, but it's as soon as it comes to the to the big stage, it's just it just goes completely flat. And it's not to say that, you know, they'll never win. It's to say that they've got to really you've got to put yourself in in, in a mindset when you when you're training to kind of go, Well, if I'm under pressure what are the flaws in my game? Because it's pointless knowing that you can hit a ball 180 yards on the driving range in perfect conditions. You know, let's say your adrenaline's up, the wind's behind you, all of a sudden that ball's going to fly 195, nearly 200. You know, if you're not thinking about these things constantly whilst you're training, obviously I'm nowhere near as good as golf as these guys, but it's just things you've got to think about. And even even when you're as as good at, as, at golf as us, you do have to think about these things like, you know, if I'm hitting it well today, do I need to take a bit off it for this one? Or if I'm hitting it particularly badly, do I need to think about missing? And I just ultimately think that people get in these situations, they see all the cameras, 
and they just try and not show off, but go a bit too gung ho and just start smacking the ball everywhere. Um, I think I think that's the difference with uh, me and me potentially being one of the best golfers that the world's ever seen. I just I'm kind of rash in how I play. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the same with me. No, I, I mean. feel like I feel like I'd be one of those players that you know I I get like I'd see a group in front of me that are probably just taking the piss to play and I'd be angry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just see like Brooks taking about half an hour just to do a putt. Yeah, and well, just I mean, whack the ball onto the green. <laughs> you'd you'd be the guy that was more worried about the people behind you. I've played with you enough oh. to know that you get stressed no, about true, people actually. behind. You. <laughs> I'm um, like, well, we hurry up. Yeah, I mean. So, so your call, what your call for the week's probably John Rahm. Well, there's a lot of potential, like I said, that sort of those players that are very good, but have just never gone that far. But I'd like to think that John Rahm has has the potential, maybe even Tony Finau. But I think I'll go John Rahm. And what we have to remember as well is these guys are quite young, so it's not like if they don't win it this year, they won't have another chance. It's just. They'd probably prefer to win it this year. Um, in terms of, for me, I had Rory backed. I have Rory backed to win every single tournament he plays in because uh, it's really annoying me that he hasn't got the green jacket. But what's the point in winning the others if you're not going to get the green jacket? Um, but I think... I just want to say while we're talking, um, Tommy Fleetwood is four under for the day. Yeah. Good for him. Good for him. I mean, and he's, he's two under overall. I'm just looking down. I mean, Tyrrell Hatton could give it a go. Colin Morikawa would probably have been my shout. But actually, yeah, Colin Morikawa could do it. Uh, I mean, he, to be honest, the, I think it is too the, early. He has won the US Open. Am I correct? Oh, he's won know. one major. I'm pretty sure it's the US. I think he might have won the PGA Championship. Or was it the PGA? He's definitely he's won one major. I know that. Uh, I'll try and go on his profile. Events played. I can I can see Patrick Reed down there in sixth place. I did not want him to win. Mm. Also, I saw this thing. <laughs> I thought this was quite funny. Um, he's had four wins in his career, and you know how people talk about like after they go to college, what you know, what what jobs that they get after they you know they've got the degree and whatever. And someone said that uh, straight out of college, Colin Morikawa has earned six million pounds in about a year. And they're like, wow. it's just, it's crazy. I mean, the amount of money these guys get paid is actually mental. Well, the the purse for the um, Masters is eleven and a half mil. Mm. And that's which the, is, I think, the winner gets like six mil, don't they? That's a crazy amount of money. It's ridiculous. Like, you've got to think as well. Like, Tiger Woods has won fifteen majors, all with probably similar purses. It's crazy. How much um, money that hear, guy must have. Did you hear about um, Rory going to visit him? Yeah, yeah. This, I was going to mention was, that earlier. Um, he was talking about how like he went to his house and he just went to his office or something and you could just see that there were um, like the trophies that he's won from his majors and he was like, oh, where's the rest of them? And he was just like, Tiger was just like, oh, I don't know, probably just in the garage somewhere in the loft, who knows? <laughs> He treats like he treats masters trophies or he, he treats professional golf trophies like I treat like an old bread maker. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is just in the loft, mate. But no, I mean, 
and obviously, you know, he might sell them on eBay at some point soon. Um, if he if he ever runs out of money, is that a thing that might happen? Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's a thing with footballers. Yeah, <laughs> you just oh. see, there's always like a Champions League medal just on like eBay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but yeah, I think we can kind of conclude the Masters chat there if if we want. We can just kind of. Um, well, you didn't actually say who you think you're going to win. Oh yeah, I didn't, did I? Um, I have no idea. Straight up answer right now. Let me have a look at the leaderboard again. I'll get back um, to you. Well, enjoy, you enjoy this both intermission, and then I'm going to edit bare music. That's like dun, 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 you can't, you can't dun, 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 choose a winner dun, based dun, on the leaderboard. Dun, 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 dun. Oh yeah, of course, that'd be stupid. Um, that's like betting on a football game when it's you know what? No, you know what? I've been wrong in pretty much every single prediction I've ever made. It's going to be Rory McIlroy. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Exactly. We're always going to have to thank you after this when he wins now. Yeah, of course. Well, no, he's going to lose because I've been wrong, but it's Rory. So. Well, I, I thought you. I thought you were voting for him because you're going to be right for once. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, Rory's going to win the Masters. It's not even a question, really. Um, I heard that they're actually. You know how some people label their clothes? They've actually already labelled the green jacket Rory McIlroy on the inside, just to uh, just to make sure. And I can't imagine what is because uh, he doesn't really look like he as a random point. He doesn't really look like he eats the most exotic foods, so I can't imagine what his uh, his master's dinner would be. It's like cheese sandwiches and stuff like that. Ooh, I'd have to have a steak. That's that's a good. Oh, we're gonna do right, Ben. We're gonna do a whole both section on our master's dinner, so you can have a starter, a main course, a dessert, and a drink. What would your master's dinner be? It could be anything, so it can be from like a specific place if you want it to be. Yeah, I see they do it on um, I'm a celebrity, don't they? Yeah. Um. Oh, there's just so much good food in the world. There actually is. I think I'd, I'd probably know, at least my f- two of mine. I think. So we'll start with a starter. What would you go for for like a starter? It can be any size, but what would you go for like a starter type thing? I reckon a pizza. Yeah, like a little. What what would you have on it? Maybe just like a nice pepperoni pizza or meat fused pepperoni uh, meat fused pizza. Yeah. Is there any like any particular one? Like, is it or is it just a just any old pepperoni pizza? Is it like a Domino's or a anything like that? Pizza for, pizza from Audi. Yeah. Okay. Right. You're not going very <laughs> extravagant, but I like it. Could you imagine at the master's uh, the master's dinner? I want a pizza from Audi. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just to just to show you're humble. Yeah. To be fair, mine is uh, quite the opposite. Um, I'm trying to think about what. So I went I went on holiday to Italy a few quite a few years ago now, like five ten years ago. Um, and it was like my first time really ordering off the adult menu from restaurants. And uh, we went to this place and I ordered. Uh, oh, what what are they called? I can't. Did I'm, you sit? Did you sit on the adult table? Well, I mean, I sat with my family because you know, um, but I ordered uh, mussels, and there was basically two options: you could have it like just on their own with a bit of garlic or whatever, or you could have them with this like white wine sauce and bread. And they came out, and genuinely, you know, like a witch's cauldron, they just came up with this massive cauldron full of this white wine sauce and mussels, and I ate them, and they were the best thing I've ever had. And you get loads of bread to soak it up afterwards. It's so good. So I def, I think. You're talking like a kilo of mussels each to start with wild wine sauce and bread. 
So you're already, you know, and you've got to think as well, if it's the Masters dinner, you've got to get all the players as full up as you can so that when they get onto the course, they're all sluggish. You know what I mean? It's tactics. That's assuming, you know, I've won it and I'm going to play. Um, so we're going for pizza and mussels. Uh, what, what's, your, what's your main course going to be? Mm. Curry in Yorkshire? <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing it. wrong with a curry in a Yorkshire. <laughs> Go on, explain that one for you know the people who don't know. Um, um, it was a it was a thing where every I think like Wednesday or Thursday, um, I have a, like a you know chicken curry korma, um, in a massive uh, Yorkshire, and all my all my friends just didn't think that was right. Tell you what, we're gonna put a post up on our Instagram and our TikTok. We're gonna we're gonna decide whether this is right or wrong. Is it correct to have curry in a Yorkshire pudding? Go and check out the Instagram. It's really nice. Well, I mean, maybe maybe we need to get more people to try it. Maybe we need to make a TikTok showing them how to cook a curry in a Yorkshire. Maybe we start a bowl cooking program. <laughs> bowl cooking first episode of Korma in a Yorkshire. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, no, so um, I think it's just going to be a steak. What just a steak like on its own? Are we talking like Mediterranean vegetables, that kind of thing? Uh, curly fries. Curly fries, yeah, I like that. I like that. Bit of onion rings. Uh, you fan no, of onion curly rings? Fries. No, do what? Just steak and curly fries. Maybe some peas to be a bit healthy. Okay. Uh, any? You can't go for peppercorn sauce, surely. Barbecue sauce. Are you joking? Was it? I was in like a barbecue glaze on. Meat, or are you talking like you're going to squirt barbecue sauce on top of your steak? <laughs> no, it's just I'm going to have a bit of barbecue on the side for my, for my curly fries to dip them in. Right. Um, and then I probably will have some pep- uh, peppercorn on my uh, steak. Yeah, I like that. Well, I think I think it'd be nice to have it as an option, you know what I mean? A bit of flavour. Yeah. Well, they'll, they'll probably give you a little bowl of it. Yeah, I like that. Um, I've got to decide mine now, haven't I? Um, Oh my god! I can't. See, I can't think about that. I probably wouldn't have that. Oh. I just think when, like, when you go through life, you just you have so about much nice things food. you do in life. Yeah. So I think with mine, it'd kind of be a two-tiered. So there'd be like a main meal and then like a side thing to go with it, and it's really important you have the side thing. So what I'd have. <laughs> god. I'd have right. I'd have a KFC Zynga box meal, right, and then I'd have a side portion. You know, when KFC did the twenty chicken wings, Ooh. I'd have a side portion of twenty chicken wings on the side. That, that was the best thing they ever did. However, I would sack off the KFC chips, and I'd have some like proper home cooked, like thick wedges instead. Ooh. You know what I mean? With obviously the KFC gravy and the you know the zinger and then all the hot wings. I think I'd be paying. Obviously, I don't think they'd order. You know, they wouldn't order a KFC to the Masters for eighty people. They'd probably just make their own, so their own version of it. But yeah, I'd probably have. I'd probably go for that. That's quite depressing, um, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> what did you have for your Masters dinner? KFC. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I forgot about uh, and then I think well. you straight up know what my dessert is. It's going to be uh, a vanilla, nice vanilla or caramel ice cream, or maybe even both. 
yeah. with a warm chocolate brownie. Oh, that's good. That that's re- oh, oh. You, I think you're kind of tempting me there. But what I'm gonna go for? And maybe some squirty cream. What I'm gonna go for and is then some sprinkles. Hey, don't. And then some sauce. <laughs> I'm actually gonna go, and I can't remember what they're called now. Um. Oh no, what are they called? You know the balls with cream inside them. Profiteroles. Yeah, just a literal mountain of profiteroles with chocolate sauce drizzled on top. As in, like they literally they put the mountain on and then they just give you a jug, like a almost like a jug full of um, gravy. They just give you this jug full of chocolate and you just drench it in chocolate and then just scram. That'd be so amazing. you want balls for your dessert? I want profiteroles for my dessert. Balls. No profiteroles, bro. <laughs> you want balls of chocolate? Bro, I feel like you're trying to, I think you're trying to make this something it's not. Okay, um, fair enough. I mean, there's no need to be like that, you know. It's the modern day, come on. That's no, true. I'm, so, uh, I'm just saying you want <laughs> I'm just saying you want balls of chocolate and cream, no, which is, it's, you know what, I, I'd, probably, I'd want that too. Yeah. I mean, it's topical, ultimately, you know. Um, but yeah, so we've decided, I mean, what would we go for for drinks? I feel like drinks is a tough one. I feel like um, drinks is a really difficult one. I'll probably. I don't know if I'll go. I would. I maybe won't go alcoholic. You know. I'm thinking. I don't know. I, I do love just a Coke. Yeah, or Pepsi Max. Yeah, do you do, do, just do, you do Coke or Pepsi Max? Pepsi Max. Yeah. Oh, I don't know though. I suppose. Or it would be Pepsi Max or a beer. Would it be any particular beer? Maybe just Corona to celebrate coronavirus. Right. Cool. That's not really how that works, but I like it. Um, <laughs> I don't know because I've got so I've got like a top three. I think it's Pepsi Max, Guinness, and then have you ever tried Dandelion and Burdock? No. Oh, actually no. But have you ever, you've tried? You've been to America. You've tried root beer, haven't you? Uh, no, because I'm not 21. No, it's it's non-alcoholic. You can have oh. non-alcoholic root beer. Oh. It's like it basically mm. tastes like Doc's Pepper, but it's so good. Oh, well, not fan, not biggest fan of Doc's Pepper. You not. No. Yeah, I think, do you know what? I think I'd go for a freezing cold, on tap Guinness with a proper thick head and it'd just be really cold because I haven't had one out of like, I haven't had a an on tap drink in about a month and a half. I'm sorry, a month and a half, about a year and a half even. So yeah, I think, I think I'm going a nice, nice hefty pint of Guinness with potentially, you know, Cokes afterwards just to wash it down. Um, um, I look forward to us having our Masters dinners in a couple of years. Well, 10 years I'm going to be a professional golfer, I've decided, so that we can go and have our Masters dinner. But I mean, 10 um, years I'll be a professional, then I'll have to win the Masters. So uh, probably, probably 11 years. Uh, we're, we're going to remember this 10th episode as the one that made you go into golf, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, if in 10 years' time I'm a professional golfer, I will pay... For both the both podcast to be bigger than any podcast on the planet will be bigger than Joe Rogan. If we get there, All if right. I get there, then I'll I'll we'll make sure of it, and you can be my I caddy, mean, to bro. Be fair, yeah, if you're if you're winning majors and you're still doing a podcast on the side, yeah, I'm I'm humble. You'd be my caddy, bro. Life experiences, like and how easy it is to win a major. Yeah, I just it's what I do. Yeah. So what did you do to uh, win the major? I just played golf. Uh, anything else? No, I just played golf. Well, <laughs> uh, it's pretty easy to be fair. But no, um, and you can you can obviously be my caddy, bro. That'd be interesting. 
just you, you know you can be my caddy, you know, I'll get to the, I'll get to the hole Ooh, yes. uh, and I'll be like, oh Ben, what, what shot, you know, what, how should I play this one? And you'll be like, I'll just hit it hard. Uh, any direction? No. So what's through them trees there? Just more golf. Uh, <laughs> I would be, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd be the best caddy. You'd probably ask how many yardage, I'd be like, yardage to what? <laughs> <laughs> You'd give me like 250 yards. And I'd be like, oh, well, what's that too? And you'd be like, oh, just some random girl over there. Just, uh... <laughs> yeah, I'd just be on TikTok vlogging it the whole time. I'd be, I'd be on live with Cow the Dragon. He's live in a, he's in a live in a, like a football game, just making 102 saves, and I'm just there like... We're pinging golf balls at him, and he's saving him. <laughs> but no, um, telling also... someone the yardage. Yeah, that's fair enough. You can tell we haven't really got much to talk about in this podcast, can you? No, well, we were going to obviously go on to, as a lot of you may also know, that there was a the return of a, a major sport and in Formula 1, but I think we could always leave it to talk much more next week. Well, we do actually have some friends that, that are into Formula 1, so we could get them on, have a bit of a, a bit yes, of a podcast. Yes, we are in an F1 Fantasy League. We are. We are, that's going to be uh, interesting. We, I have no idea how it works. No, neither do I, but we're very big on our fantasy leagues at, uh, at uh, the Bolf podcast. We are very big. In fact, next season, we are going to do our own Bolf fantasy premier league that potentially no a, one will join because no one's listening a, to this. We're going to have a Bolf uh, podcast on every single uh, sport there is. Yeah, exactly. We're <laughs> going to have it on like the women's volleyball. The women's netball. Division three. Can't wait for Loughborough Lightning to win the league. What league? Oh, I don't you know, know what? Uh, Leicester, uh, I think Leicester Tigers basketball. Leicester, uh, Leicester Riders. Watch them out. Watch them out. Where are they going? <laughs> to play some basketball. <laughs> uh, oh my um, god! This so is yeah, awful. I think um, obviously I'm a I'm a major Formula One fan. I think you are sort of. More I've watched. Over... I've watched Drive to Survive. I'm. I'm pretty much. I'm, you know, the most knowledgeable person in F1 at this point because you know I've watched the documentary. So, <laughs> I think uh, the Netflix series has brought a lot of uh, interest into more fans. I think they can, you can see the the in and outs of the uh, Formula One, basically the life of a Formula One driver, really. Mm. And I think it's interesting as well to get an opinion from someone who's new to the sport because obviously we're relatively new to golf and you know being able to talk about that. And I think it'd be interesting, even more interesting with with F1 because I'm literally. I probably I think Bahrain the other week was the first time I've watched a proper Grand Prix all the way through with practice, qualifying, all that. So I don't know. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll see. I think you've always talked about sort of it always being a, you know, like with Formula One, it used to always be Lewis Hamilton wins. But hopefully this season is all the first season in a long while where, you know, Hamilton's got some real competition within Red Bull and Max Verstappen and sort of the a few of the midfield teams like you know, um, Ferrari. Aston Martin. McLaren uh, are a big one. McLaren, McLaren are looking really, really good. I can't, Especially I can't, with Daniel, Daniel Ricciardo and London Norris. Mm. I think Danny Ricciardo is one of the most exciting F1 drivers there is. Like He's just... He's a psycho, man. He's ridiculous. Like Some of the some of the overtakes you see him make... So when I watched Drive to Survive, I went back and watched a load of the race highlights from Danny Ricciardo because he comes across so well in these documentaries. He's so funny. He's like, you know, he's a proper... A proper presence and it some of the stuff he does is ridiculous something like how late he is on the brakes into some corners is just ugh. I, I, no. ugh. 
he's he's one of the best on the uh, um, he's not one of the best on the grid. Obviously, he had his spell at Red Bull, but Red Bull ever since they've had Max Verstappen, Max Verstappen have no one's ever had a really a look in. Obviously, Ricardo was there, went to Renault, and is obviously now at McLaren, and he's got a chance to, I think, McLaren to be the third uh, best team on the on the uh, sort of on the grid. He can maybe try and even push Red Bull. Mm. I think ultimately that's that's the good thing about F1 is that it's not all people trying to be the best. Sometimes it is just a battle to see if you can be the best mid-table team or the best, you know, these certain teams. So it's, it's, it's quite interesting. But I think with Red Bull, you're always going to be, even though they talk about, oh, we don't have a number one or a number two driver. It's like, well, you clearly do because Max Verstappen hasn't left and Danny Ricciardo has. So let's not lie. Yeah. You know, Max Verstappen well, I mean... coming third every single week behind the two fastest cars ever made pretty much so it, it well, I mean you look at you look at Red Bull they've, they've had um, uh, Alex Albon Pierre Gasly Daniel Ricciardo the first couple of season way before and um, they've obviously now got uh, Sergio Perez who moved from Racing Point because they got uh, but they're mm-hmm. obviously now Aston Martin and they went for the staff uh, not just uh, Vettel Vettel. sorry yeah. um, uh, what so do you think see... about that um that Aston Martin, and more more specifically, that Aston Martin car, because it just looks think, so good. I think um, well, it, they showed that little clip at the end of season three, didn't they, with Aston Martin joining? Um, mm. Like you said, I think they're the British sort of Ferrari, aren't they? Mm. And obviously, they got off to to an awful start, um, and obviously they got Lance Stroll and, and Vettel. So it's two people who haven't really been up there as much in you know the last so obviously the last very recent years, but. Obviously, Lance yeah. Stroll. Obviously, Vettel's a Vettel's a four-time winner, but obviously, yeah. yeah, over the last couple of years, yeah, yeah. So I think it's it's I just think it's going to be actually interesting for once, and I feel sorry for Bottas because now not only is Lewis Hamilton always beating him, but he's now in a slower car, so What's he's pretty I mean, much just been that, he's just that, been gone. That uh, Bahrain weekend, Red Bull were the fastest, mm. and I mean as well, Sergio Perez from what was it like last place. Worked his way all the way up to four. It's ridiculous. Like he literally, he what? It was in the pits for the start, so all the cars got passed. Uh, went out. You thinking of the previous series? Series? No, no. It happened in Bahrain this year. Perez is oh, you, his car died. You are you on about the Netflix? No, I'm on about the race in Bahrain. He did not come fourth in Bahrain. Well, he, no. As in, he, at one point he got up to first or whatever it was. Yeah, there was that. Um, it was when he was at Bahrain in the racing point, and he had to go into the pit because some some knob just crashed into him. Yeah, no, I mean this um, this year in the Red Bull at Bahrain, this like as in a couple of weeks ago, he was last because his car died on the uh, on the outlap, and they literally overtook everyone. And I don't know what he ended up in the end, but at some point he was like first when Hamilton and and Thingy Bottas and all that were pitting. It's a joke. Even to come sixth from last is mental. But I think I think we'll definitely do a proper F one section on the podcast. That'll be quite interesting. Yeah, we don't do. want to go into too much now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll organise a, a proper a proper both F one podcast. And we'll do some research, and we'll uh, we'll we'll go into that a bit more. We'll kind of take a break a little bit from the football because we've done what now ten pretty much ten hours of solid football content. So I think it'd be nice to take a break. Speaking of which, we'll probably do some football predictions now. Yeah, why not? <laughs> um, yeah, we've got, we've got I think that's football. good that you said that, actually. I think F1's off for two weeks, is it? 
Yeah, well, yeah, the F1's like every two or three weeks because I think they've got to go from Bahrain to like Italy or something. So no, no, they have them. Sometimes they have them every week. Yeah, it it depends on it depends like on where, where they are or yeah, whatnot. Yeah, yeah, I think they've got a three-week break and then I think they have three like in a row and then they have another break or some sort. Mm. But anyway, so we'll move on to we'll move on to the football predictions just to kind of round it off from this was, whatever this has been. This is the return of the Premier League after the international break. Uh, just a quick word on England. They got three wins, all good. Yeah, looking distinctly not average. Say, really, I'm not going to lie, bro. The international break, yeah, there's been matches since then. No. Yeah, there's been prem- there's been a round of Premier League games first. Chelsea got uh, yeah, battered so 5-2 by West Brom. That was interesting. Uh, yeah, man, you mm. did, I, I did. I completely forgot. Yeah. Anyway, we didn't really care about that because we were on a break last <laughs> week. That's another point. We had a two-week break. Um, we didn't mention that, but yeah, we had a two-week break because um, we were both very busy. Um, um, hope, hopefully you guys didn't miss, miss us. Well, I mean, you say you guys. I didn't miss us, and I'm three of those guys. So, What, well, you uh, didn't miss doing a podcast? Well, I mean, no, but I'm a listener as well because, you know, I'm, <laughs> there's three there's three listeners and I'm pretty much all of them. Um, but yeah. So yeah, I think we'll, we'll go into the football. We'll start with the one that's tonight: Fulham versus Wolves. Obviously, two teams who are pretty much in exact opposite form. Uh, Wolves are kind of on a bit of a down. Fulham are definitely on a bit of an up. Would you say? Uh, yeah, um, I think uh, uh, Fulham w- will win. I want to say that they win. I, I think, think we're going to get Wolves a draw. Ever since, Wolves ever since him have just not been the same team all season. They'll stay up, but mm. nothing really good from them. Yeah, so what are, um, you, what are you saying? Score? 2-0 Fulham. I'm going to go just a boring 0-0 or 1-0. We'll go one all. Just so there's goals, hopefully. Um, so next game we got is interesting one, actually, again. Because uh, obviously these are all now games that have already been played. You've got Manchester City versus Leeds. Uh, it's at the Etihad. Manchester City are in ridiculous form. But then it's Leeds. And Manchester City also have a second leg tie against Dortmund. To that is sort true. Of play into account. That is true. So they could be resting a few players potentially. Um, and I think Leeds will have a long rest as well, so they might be raring to go and run press in ninety <laughs> minutes. Can you imagine that Leeds team without a load of congested fixtures? Like, imagine if that Leeds team played just once a week, they'd kill every like they're staying. <laughs> oh my god. This it might actually be a bit of a dangerous game for Man City. I'm not gonna lie. This might be a bit. I saw, of a... I saw this training technique that he does, is, and it's called murder ball. Yeah, yeah, I've heard about that. It's mental. Um, it's, there's just no rules. I can't remember what it was. They just run for like, like they run more in that than they do in games. Yeah, so murder, basically murder ball is there's no referees. They just play until he tells them not to. <laughs> and as far as I can tell, there's no rules. They have to make their own rules. But they just go into challenges like as hard as they want. There's scraps all the time. But I mean, when the it's not surprising because you know. But it's it sounds like a good it sounds like a good training tactic. Because if you're if you can play intense football where you're getting fouled all the time, if you can play that for say 150 minutes without stopping, 90 minutes you're gonna piss it. You know what I mean? So like you could just go for like a meeting and just leave them to to it. Yeah, so I mean, well, I think he probably looks. Whilst they're doing that, he probably looks at like the 
analysis for the next game so they can like get them you know get all the frustrations out of the way but like when they were in the championship they were arriving at the training ground at like seven o'clock in the morning and leaving at seven o'clock eight o'clock at night it's mental if you watch the Leeds documentary on amazon prime which i definitely recommend it shows you just how intense marcelo bielsa is as a guy in fact there's a story to catch up on that there's a story uh just quickly about marcelo bielsa which is when he was manager for I want to say Boca Juniors, I think. When he was, it was like Boca Juniors versus River Plate. It's like a really intense rivalry in South America. And I think it was for Boca Juniors. He uh, apparently some some fans. I think this was. I might be wrong. I've got a feeling I'm wrong now. But basically, uh, Bielsa had two people come to his house threatening to kill him. And apparently, Marcelo Bielsa came out of the house holding two grenades, just like if you're going to kill me, we're all going to die. And stuff like that. <laughs> and like the guy is mental. I'm not sure if that's a true story. So that's allegedly. But um yeah, you never know. So Man City leads, what's your what's your prediction? Um I don't I don't I think Man City's got the quality, but like you say, if Leeds are just gonna non stop press and they and Leeds uh, Man City play a high line, they could easily um I think three two Man City. Mm. I'm going to go like a 5-3 I think it's going to be a lot of goals like that right Liverpool Aston Villa 3-0 uh, Liverpool 1-0 that's all I need to say 1-0 it's going to be 1-0 I just know it carry on right <laughs> um, Crystal Palace Chelsea Mm. Uh, 2-0 Chelsea yeah, very boring game. Two 0 Chelsea as well. I don't really care. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's a bit of a bit of an interesting scrap actually. Now Burnley Newcastle. Ooh, it's not it's not looking oh, good for Newcastle, is it? No, uh, especially with Fulham potentially winning against Wolves, like we predicted. Mm. Well, I predicted. Um, I'm going to say two one Burnley. Well, I mean, if Fulham do win, uh, their goal difference. Is slightly worse. I think it's slightly worse. They've conceded less, but they've also not scored as many. So I think they've got... Oh, no, the goal difference is slightly better than Newcastle. So if they do win and Newcastle lose, which I think they will, it might be curtains for Newcastle and Steve Bruce. Um, but yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say like a 3-0 Burnley win. That, yeah. What did you say for yours? What did you say, result? I said 2-1 Burnley. 2-1 Burnley. Calm. West Ham United versus Leicester. Ooh, that's tricky, isn't um, Sort of a, a game to, I think West Ham could, if they you know win, it puts them a, like a stomp on their top four credentials, you know. Mm. Um, I think Leicester, uh, both teams could easily win that game. I think. Well, if if what our, if if our predictions go right, and let's say West Ham win it, they go a point behind Leicester. And potentially if Chelsea also win, then Chelsea go uh, a point behind West Ham. <laughs> oh no, wait, sorry, they'll be they'll be yeah no yeah. So be Leicester will be a point in front of West Ham. West Ham will be a point in front of Chelsea. And then if Spurs win, they're going to be a point behind there. Oh, it's going to be so exciting, bro! The end of the season is going to be amazing. Um, um, I think it's two. I think they're very even teams. I think Leicester might just have a bit more quality, maybe to maybe nip a goal. But then Jesse I'm Lingard. Say, I'm going to say 2 all. I'm going to go 2 1 to West Ham. Yeah, we'll go 2 1 to West Ham. 
And now your least favourite game of the year, you could argue, after what happened earlier in the season, is Tottenham versus Manchester United. Ooh, Are we getting another 6-1, Ben? Uh, that was just a one-off. Was it? Um, obviously, we played against Granada in the week and then we play him again on Thursday. So I think, I don't know if he's going to do a bit of a rest in just for next Thursday, but... Like I say all the time with Spurs, keep Harry Kane quiet. He keeps Spurs quiet. Mm, it wouldn't surprise me if they went a bit dirty in on Harry Kane. You know, a few little, little, a lot like you know, a lot of niggly little fouls and stuff like that, just to just to really rile him up. Because uh, obviously Spurs um, haven't got any any Europa League either, so that's kind of that's gonna no. that's gonna leave them a bit more fresh potentially. I might go. I might go one nil Man United. I think Man United are very good defensively. I'm gonna go one nil. I've kept a lot of clean sheets lately. Mm. And they've got a point to prove as well, because there's no way, if they get bad more than 3-0, there's going to be some serious words about if Tottenham are just that much better than Man United, and I just don't think Oli needs that right now. You know what I mean? So, I, th- I, well, think, I think it's going to be 1-0. I, I think the table suggests otherwise, you know, I think if we get battered by Spurs, it'll probably just be one of those games where we're just tired or something. Well, I mean, you say that, but if you do get battered by Spurs, they're going to be on... 52 points they're only 8 points away from you yeah but it's not nothing. it's not you know it's only a couple of games and all of a sudden it's 2 points or you know yeah but we'll just win the Europa League yeah but that's irrelevant on the Premier League which is what we're talking <laughs> about <laughs> I guess so I could win a, a badminton tournament I'm not going to be you know in Augusta you're being ungranted no jokes you are bro so I'm supportive yeah, that's calm. <laughs> what is this? I literally, we don't have... So we, we had something else planned, which you'll probably see in a, in a few weeks, hopefully, this podcast. And it's literally just, it's gone at this point. So yeah. we'll just, we'll round these up quickly. Sheffield United, Arsenal. 2-0 uh, Arsenal. 5-0 Arsenal. <laughs> okay. Um, Sheffield United are just so bad. Uh, West Brom, Southampton. They've obviously had a very, uh, you know, a very good rest. After beating Chelsea five two, they've obviously you know they've obviously rested quite well uh, over the international break. Do you think that's going to mean anything? Uh, I'm going to go two one West Brom. Hmm. I think I agree. I think I agree two one West Brom. I like that because it just feels like a game that could be a bit of a banana skin for Southampton. Uh, oh, it's not an interesting game, but it kind of is. Everton Brighton. Two uh, one Everton. Yeah, I'm going to go 3-0 Everton because I think everyone's going to talk about how good football Graham Potter plays even though Brighton are like near relegation um, and they're all going to chat shit and then all of a sudden out of his you know near grave Carlo Ancelotti is just going to rise up and just smack him silly um, you're going to see like James Rodriguez if he's back or Richarlison or someone like that just going to score bare goals Um because Graham Potter is not that good a manager. Don't know what everyone sees in him. That's a good place to end. Me just absolutely slagging off Graham Potter there. Are we is happy that with that? Games? That's all the games. Yeah. Oh, is it all um, the games? Well, um, I hope you've enjoyed this sort of, you know, golf Formula One bit of football <laughs> podcast. It's been very random. Uh, hopefully, we didn't offend you too much with our thoughts on golf because we are. Uh, complete novices, but we are hoping. I think after lockdown, well, I say after lockdown, we're out of lockdown. Kind of over the summer when we can to get out and record a bit of a uh, bit of golf content, which was originally what golf was for. So that'd be that good. True. 
Um, and I look forward to coming back next week when with John Rahm being the Master Masters uh, 2020-2021 winner. Yeah, that, uh, I don't know how that's going to happen when Rory wins it, but I like your, your ambition. Um, but also, one thing that I wanted to mention, and I think we should start hyping this up, is basically on the a Friday early June, I can't remember exactly what the date will be, uh, it'll be around the 10th or the 11th, uh, we'll put some, some dates out properly, we're going to go live with the Bolf podcast from uh, a little getaway in Cornwall, which would be quite nice. Sounds like a um, good plan. I reckon I'm probably TikTok. Maybe. I mean, what we'll probably do is go live. We could just go live on like YouTube or Twitch or something, and then we'll go live. We'll go live on like multiple different things. That'd be quite cool. I might start a um a, a both podcast Twitch and just become like the next podcast. Yeah. Why not? Just yeah. Get angry sure. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah, start playing some F1. That's what I really want. It's an F1 simulator after drive to survive. That'd be so cool. That'd be so cool. But yeah, I think um, we'll uh, I think we'll wrap it up at that, bro. If you've not got anything else to say. Uh, no, I think on that note, I have been Ben. I have also been Ben. Thank you very much for listening to this complete mess of a podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Bit random that bro, wasn't it? <laughs> Richard had so much shit.